lack of transparency is a huge political advantage. And basically, you know, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. Call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. But basically, that was really, really critical to getting the thing to pass. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290. For more or the latest news inside Washington on healthcare, visit the show's website, healthreformexplained.com. Now, here is your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 1-800-577-1290 is the number. We're, we're doing something really important in this segment. We're going to, uh, I think people educate people about what really was going on before the ACA was passed because it's now 2017, Stuart Slonin. Uh, should we go back to some of the old rules before the ACA became law? I know this is kind of a controversial point. Well, you have to step back, see what was, you know, so that we can move forward and people can appreciate, you know, where we've come from uh, and what changes to potentially, you know, uh, you know, expect. Before 2010, uh, the marketplace, regardless of whether it was individual or group, uh, it was go anywhere, do anything. The options were, were out there from a pricing standpoint, uh, depending upon what you wanted to spend. You'd find coverage some way, somehow. Uh, you know, the onus rules that people talk about is, you know, maximums per year or lifetime max or pre-existing conditions. Those are the things that, that bothered everybody in addition to the rate increases. But you could always find an insurance product at some price uh, that you, you could, uh, you know, to take up and afford. Whether it was an HMO, a POS, uh, you know, a PPO, uh, you were able to find something. The 2010 uh, ACA law changed all that, put in uh, new tight rules, uh, and we've lived with that since 2010. Here we are, you know, 2017. So I think we need to look at what potentially, uh, if we go back to some of those rules, we shouldn't be surprised in case under the current deliberations we find some of them coming back in some form or fashion. Um, this would repeal some of the market rules uh, where insurers generally had more leeway to use individual health in enrollment and rating for non-group coverage. Uh, people without pre-existing conditions were generally able to purchase coverage anytime from private insurers. For people with health problems, several approaches you know, have been proposed, requiring insurers to accept people transitioning from previous coverage without a gap, uh, also allowing insurers to charge higher premiums within limits to people with pre-existing conditions who have had a gap in coverage and establishing high-risk pools, which are public programs that provide coverage to people declined by private insurers. Uh, so for people enrolling in high-risk pools, some ACA repro uh, replacement uh, proposals provide for federal grants to states uh, that would establish those, those uh, pools. And so there are basically three different groups, people transitioning from employer coverage or Medicaid to non-group, people with non-group coverage uh, who develop a health problem, and people who are uninsured are not considered to have continuous coverage who want to buy non-group coverage. Uh, the ACA simplified the rules for health insurance enrollment uh, rating and benefits in non-group marketplace, generally benefits are the same for all policies offered in the state with four levels of cost sharing. 
bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. And so people under the current ACA system were able to find some level of coverage uh, that was guarantee issue coming in the front door. That is the ACA marketplace, you know, we recognize today. And what the marketplace was before, you know, the rules that I just mentioned, Sean. I heard that guarantee issue might be, a, was it Rand Paul that brought that up as uh, getting rid of that? Is that? Did you hear the same thing? Yeah, I, I did hear uh, some of the same thing. Again, these are all proposals that are being discussed right now. Mm-hmm. Right, and not, nothing is law by any means. It's going to certainly take an awful long time to get there. Uh, do you, I think another theme that I, I've heard or I, I, I can see out there is this theme of um, choice, allowing people to potentially choose to being uh, underwritten. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that could be, be something out there. Um, anything else that uh, people should know about uh, r- really what was going on uh, before the ACA was passed? No, I think we, we generally gave the outline. I think we should move on uh, to the next part because it's really important now that we explain where things were, let's talk about what's on the table right now. Right, right. And you said there's a lot of activity yeah. going on behind the scenes about uh, repeal and replace of the ACA. Can mm-hmm. you tell us uh, some of the things that are out there and why it's necessary right now? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you basically have got four proposals that are out there. Uh, you've got Rand Paul's Obamacare Replacement Act, Bill Cassidy's Patient Freedom Act, uh, Paul Ryan's A Better Way, uh, and uh, Representative Tom Price, who just became uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, Empowering Patients Act, uh, which he, he brought forth last year. But what those are specifically is repeal the ACA, which obviously is, is target number one from the Republicans, including mandates, private rules, standards of minimum benefits, etc. Um, retain some of the private market rules we just talked about, uh, you know, including, uh, you know, age 26 for children, prohibition against pre-ex, uh, and, and condition uh, exclusion periods, provide refundable tax credits, provide for one-time en- enrollment, uh, for people who are making the transition from the ACA into some form of this new coverage, require insurers to offer portability protections uh, from people wherever they're coming from, implement uh, state high-risk pools with $25 billion in federal grant support, establish association health plans and individual health pools uh, through employers and individuals uh, can purchase coverage, permit the sale of insurance across state lines, Encourage the use of health savings accounts, particularly if we're going to have uh, different plan designs, uh, and again, with you know high deductibles uh, than we've seen in the past, and cap the exclusion for employer-provided health uh, benefits. I think we mentioned that in the, the last segment. And permit enrollees to opt out of coverage uh, on the pro- programs uh, with employer, if they have access to employer-sponsored group coverage and convert federal Medicaid funding uh, to block grants, uh, and convert Medicare to a premium support system, that is not going to happen. Uh, getting back to the employer area, just so you have some figures, Sean, on average, employer coverage for a single worker last year, in 2016, uh, was $6,400 change. 
while uh, uh, family coverage was 18,000 and change. Employers uh, uh, took uh, the cost for about 80% of what those figures were uh, for single plans and about 70% for family coverage. So a blueprint for healthcare overhaul uh, would include a limit on how much of that value would be tax-free. Now this is new and yes, it's controversial, but you have to start somewhere. Employer health plans uh, cost more uh, than that limit, then the difference would be subject to uh, income tax, just like wages. Yes, and that that's uh, going to be pretty controversial if that does come up, I think. Mm-hmm. As are all these other tax reform things as well. But again, it has to be looked at in terms of how do you make a new system fair? Uh, you know, everything in life is not free. There's a cost for everything. The question up until now is who bore that course? Uh, and as we look back in Obamacare, the majority of that was the federal government. Well, there's no free dollars. There's no free lunch left out there, Sean. Mm-hmm. So trying to look at these other sources of split cost funding makes sense uh, in a revised new plan. Yeah, I would say it, it all. everything's going to be on the table, but that's why... I think some of these taxes might stay in because they're going to need them to fund a replacement. Yes, you're absolutely right. So it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch that. That that's going to say anything else before uh, we're up against a timeout here in a couple minutes. You have any thoughts before we transition to our next? Uh, no, theme? these these are four proposals that I that I mentioned are the main proposals on the table. In addition to the fact, uh, now that you've got. The, the HHS secretary in place, um, you know, and, and you've got other parts of the team, you know, coming online. Right. All right. Okay. Well, um, we're, when we get back, when we come back, we're going to we'll look at the win. Uh, we might see uh, more specifics and um, we will uh, talk about a little bit of the news and uh, share your final thoughts uh, our, and uh, my final thoughts as well here on America's yep. Healthcare Challenge. 402-342-1290 is the number if you'd like to join the conversation. Online, healthreformexplained.com. That's the mission of this show, Health Reform Explained. Should be easy to remember, but check it out, and you can get a copy of our newsletter for this month. It's really good. We'll be right back. Obamacare is a disaster, folks. It's a disaster. You can say, oh, Obamacare. I mean, they, uh, they fill up our rallies with people that you wonder how they get there, but they're not the Republican people that our representatives are representing. 